Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is April 11th, 2019, 7.47 p.m. We had a day off this week, and I feel like I'm so far behind. Woohoo! Day off. But there was actually some good news. Like, we had some stuff happening. What do we have happening? They released the preseason schedule. You know, I saw they did that, but I didn't look at it. Oh, okay. Well, we've got week one at Pittsburgh, week two versus Miami at home. We're going to do joint practices with them that week. We always do Miami and Jacksonville. Right. Well, no Jacksonville this year. Week three, we've got Cleveland is coming to Tampa. And then week four at Dallas. Now, Pittsburgh is only the second time we face them in the preseason in Pittsburgh in 44 years. Wow. So we don't typically travel to Pittsburgh. They have come to Tampa before. But Dallas, we've never played in the preseason. Really? Really. In 44 years. Correct. And... I was listening to Buccaneers Insider with Casey Phillips and Scott Smith, and that's where they talked about this. But did you know that teams used to schedule their own preseason games? I had no idea. Yeah, they used to, like, coordinate with each other. But now you can request to play a team, but the league makes the final schedule. I always thought that the leagues just made the schedule according to what teams you're not playing and basically who's closest. Well, that's probably how it ended up working out when they were scheduling their own. Yeah, yeah, because it makes sense. You know, we've always played Miami or Jacksonville in the preseason. It's because they're close. And we don't play them that regularly. Yes, true. Do you hear uh, Atlanta has signed Adrian Claiborne to a one-year deal? 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 <laughs> a one-year deal? I uh, didn't hear that. It, it's up to $4 million. The, the, we, we don't have the actual numbers out yet. But it looks like he got his ring and he's going back to Atlanta. That's a little messed up. Well, you know, he always got a ring with Atlanta. Came awful close. <laughs> Got beat by the Patriots. Got beat by the Patriots. Said, can't beat them, join them. Right. And then come back. I always liked Adrian Claiborne. I did too. I was disappointed when we let him go. Yeah, well, you know, he just never really produced as good as he should have. And, you know, he, he's got that neck injury, neck problem. He can't really turn his head. And did he have some knee problems too? Yeah, he was always injured with us. Right. You just hate to see a former Buccaneer go to a division opponent. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he sucks right now. <laughs> he's probably been Atlanta a lot. At Atlanta longer than he's been with the Buccaneers. I have to do a fact check follow up on that one. I know. Do you notice we didn't have any fact check and follow ups this week? We were right about everything. No, I was just out of town in Tampa. <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to check on anything. Oh, we'll just pretend it's because we were right about everything. Yeah, let's let's go with that. <laughs> that video that I watched with Casey Phillips and Scott Smith, they said, Kendall Beckwith, we may know phase two of the off season workouts. So that's after the draft, isn't it? Phase one is like two weeks starting last Monday. Right, but we got like three weeks till the draft. Well, that'll be good fact up, fact check follow up. Yeah, I don't know. In any case, the phase two, we should know more about Kendall Beckwith because I think the players will be doing more. At the Combine, Jason Light said, oh, it'll be a couple of weeks till we know, maybe a month, maybe two months till we know for certain. And then at the player or the coaches, Owner the team. owners meeting with the coaches, which now they're calling a league meeting. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're kind of changing it. Bruce Arians said then that they still didn't know about Kendall Beckwith. So yeah, all indications point to me that his career is over. Apparently his ankle just got shattered too much. I mean, it's been, what, over a year? Right. And... We've got no information on him. He hasn't played. 
And aren't breaks typically easier to come back from? Yeah. But, you know, a fractured ankle. That just... required surgery. I think that's the big thing. It just... That just sucks. You know, it wasn't even a football injury. It was a car wreck. And that just that's just horrible. Right. And it's going to end his career. Hopefully not, though. Hopefully he'll get back on the field, preferably with the Buccaneers. You know, Jameis Winston, we were talking about how he's up to 250 pounds. He said that's what the weight he's going to play with. Everybody's kind of like, what? That's quite heavy. He'd be the, the heaviest listed quarterback in the league. Right, because when he came into the league, he was right at like 230. But he said last year he played at 245, and he's just put on five pounds of muscle. And, you know, those the, the stats they have on the websites and stuff, I, I don't know. They just never update that stuff. They're not accurate, you know, as far as their weight. And all How important stuff. is it really? I mean, like with a right. fighter, it's really important. And yeah, so they're yeah. constantly updating that. But for a football player, I don't really know. No, it doesn't mean anything, really. It's just, hell, it doesn't even mean anything in fantasy football. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know why they do it. I mean, and Jameis is a huge guy. I don't think people really understand how tall he is. He's like 6'5", 6'4", 6'5". Yeah, he's a big he's guy. He's big. Man. I mean, he's bigger, what, than Mike Evans? Who yeah. did we watch where he was standing beside a receiver? I think it was Mike Evans. I think it was Mike Evans, and he's taller than Mike Evans. And, and he's bigger than Ben Roethlisberger. Wow. Ben's a big guy. Did you pick that up in the quarterback whisperer? I think I did. What? Ben's size. How big Ben is. I think it was in the quarterback whisperer. I think he's like 6'4". Interesting book, though. I am now ahead of Molly in reading the book. It's like a race to the finish. (laughs) How far are you? I think 65% for... You can tell that with a tablet. Exactly. I can't tell it with a Well, I looked at book. your book and saw where you were at, and I was like, ah, you're behind me a couple of chapters. So. I read slow, too. I got to sound out the words. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good book. We're going to have a whole podcast dedicated to that book. We're debating what we're going to call it. I want to call it the Buccaneers Observer Book Club. And or I want like, to call it Podcast Whisperer. Which I like that one. That's a good one. It's up in the air. In any case, it's a really good book. I, I, I tell you what, you want to know what Bruce Arians is going to do? With the Buccaneers, read that book because he lays everything out. He's literally an open book. <laughs> did you did you plan to say that? I did not. <laughs> Just came to me. The pre-draft visits are really starting to heat up now. Yeah, we're in the lead with pre-draft visits. Are we? We have 20. I looked in our division and everybody else seems to have a lot also. You know, last time I looked, we had like three and every, I think the most in the division was like five. And now we're up to 20. It's just a huge list. Yeah, I saw a graphic that showed that we were, had the most pre-draft visits. It's interesting. You know, I don't really pay attention to the player names mostly because I don't know any of them. I did see all the big names that people are talking about. Devin White, Bush, um, Bosa. Quentin. Montez Sweat. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Williams, all those. So they've all come to the Bucks. But we've had 16 of our 20 visits are on defense. Gee, I wonder what we're going to draft. I don't know. Well, you know, I do wonder because I wonder if it's Smoke some street. misdirection. Yeah. yeah. Like they're, you know, like they did with Deshaun Jackson. Well, I can't see. Guys. We don't need a wide receiver. I they've had two visits. I can't see them drafting. An offensive lineman that high. You know, if we trade down, maybe, but you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna draft an offensive lineman in the top five. And those are the other two offensive players they've had visit, and the rest are defense. So they've had five defensive ends, four defensive tackles, so that's nine on the line. Very good. So <laughs> three linebackers, two cornerbacks, two safeties. Yeah, this is such from what I hear, this is such a stacked draft for defense. 
especially the defensive line. But I, you'd be dumb not to pick defense in the first round. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I'm pretty sure we're going to go defense. So. Okay, this was the big question with Scott Smith and Casey Phillips. Do you think they go defensive line? Yes, that's that's what I would assume. But then again, you know, I mean, we got a lot of defensive. I feel like we have so much depth on the line. Yeah. Maybe they want like starting caliber. Maybe if they're getting rid of McCoy, they'll get somebody. But even still, we've got Vita Bay in his plate. You know. Well, Vita Bay's gonna play nose tackle. I would imagine McCoy's gonna play defensive end. So you think so? Or or defensive tackle. Oh. Yeah. So. You know, if McCoy leaves, we're going to have to find somebody to take his place. I mean, but we've got Golston, Nacho. Who else? Bo Allen. Bo Allen. Ledbetter. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> he played a couple snaps last year. I'll take your word. Okay, so maybe we do need depth he, he even at had, defense. He even had a song written about him. Pro Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow Ledbetter. They're uh, from Seattle, but they're Tampa fans. <laughs> that's not true. I'm not going to fact check that one. I know that's not true. <laughs> You, did you know uh, the Patriots assigned our ex-tight end, Austin Safari and Jenkins? That to a son of deal. a bitch. He's going to go to a Super Bowl. <laughs> no. He's just, he, they're just going to take one player a year from the Buccaneers and take them to the Super Bowl. Just to rub it in our face, I guess. Do they not like us? What did we do to them? Fired his good buddy, Shiano. Well, Shiano done screwed him over. <laughs> but yeah, he's getting league minimum. And everybody said, uh, he was at Jacksonville last year, and all the Jaguar fans say that he was a really good teammate. He was really mature. Sounds like he's grown up. When he went to the Jets after he left us, you know, he got in all that trouble with drinking and getting arrested. Right, he got a DUI. Yeah, and there was a video out of him just being a total jerk. Uh, He went to the Jets and watched him. He played real well, and his... The public appearances and his social media just changed a lot. He was—he really seemed like he matured. So, you know, I would say good luck to him. But once you leave the Buccaneers, I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, I—I—I I, I don't hate you, but you're not—I'm not a fan of you anymore. So, I just don't have any words. <laughs> hey, we've got OJ now, and he's—I know, but he's better if he can stay hey, healthy. He is better, no question. He's better, and there's no question. I don't want ASJ on the team. Oh, no. But for him to go to the Patriots. Well, it's a one-year deal. It's league minimum. But, you know, the right, Patriots, but we know what they do with players like well, that. Well, he's not a Gronkowski, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, there's a real good chance he's going to win a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. And Tom Brady just makes everybody look good. Do you think without Tom Brady, Giselle would still look good? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's attractive. Um, one of the Joes loves her. I don't know which one. You have no comment. No, I'm not trying to get in trouble. <laughs> Chris Godwin did an interview earlier in the week. First of all, super boring interview. Like, very canned responses. They're trying to ask him, is the feel different at one buck place? And he's all like, well, it's kind of early to tell. And just very business. Yeah. Like, he did mention our goal is to win a ring. Really? So That's I, surprising. Yeah, I like to hear that. But it wasn't like Vernon Hargreaves, who it's obvious... He's all excited. Yes, he's very excited, and Bruce Arians' energy is just infecting him and all that. Not the same thing with Chris Godwin. Maybe he's like me and has the emotional range of a pretzel. I don't know. That's what Ralph always says. (laughs) Do I say pretzel? A pretzel, yes. Uh, But, you know, he might be just confused as to what his role is going to be because Bruce Arians has a tendency to move the receivers around, put guys in the slot that are used to playing on the outside and everything. So – he might just be like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's still early. And he, he might not he, he might not even know if he's going to make first string. Okay. I mean, he, it seems like he would, but we've got Mike Evans. Justin Watson. Bobo. Bobo. And Chris. And Rashard Perriman, who we got to basically 
take Deshaun Jackson's job, and and Godwin was behind Deshaun Jackson. You know, when Deshaun Jackson went out, Godwin took his place. Right. So Godwin might be going. I'm not. I'm never going to get a starting job on this team. So whatever. I don't know. Isn't the number three though a starter? I guess technically, and definitely with Arians' offense, he's always got three wide receivers out there. Right. But listed, it's only two. So. So it's like an ego thing. I don't know. Basically, he's going to be competing for a job this year, or, or, or at least competing for a starting spot. Frankly, I think he needs to, because, I mean, he did have some really good games last year, but he had some bad games. Where yes, he, he did. He just dropped had a lot, yeah, yeah, a lot of drops. Well, when he took over for Deshaun Jackson, when Deshaun Jackson got hurt, he just did not play near as good as he had been playing all year long. See, and maybe he can't handle the pressure of being a number two. That's possible. A lot, of, a lot of guys are like that. He just was not quite as enthusiastic as I thought he would be, especially with Bruce coming out and saying Chris Godwin's getting 100 targets this season right. easily. Yeah, well, Bruce also said that they wanted to keep Deshaun Jackson too, so a little bit of smokescreen maybe. But I tell you what, if anybody's not excited about Bruce Arians and his offense, you're insane. So, you know, there's got to be a reason why God, I mean, you know, who knows, maybe Godwin's trying to be more media savvy. Don't know. Or maybe he's just not that excitable. That might be true. Again, he's like me. Pretzel. A pretzel. <laughs> What's that got to do with emotions? I don't I know. I don't know. You came up with it. You tell me. <laughs> well, I'm going to say whoever came up with that is silly. <laughs> so I'm silly. So in Chris Godwin's interview, Jenna Lane asked him if he did anything fun during the off season. And he took his girlfriend to Hawaii. And like the next day, he had to have emergency surgery to get his wisdom teeth removed. What? How does that happen? I don't know how that happened. Talk about ruining a vacation. It totally was. He said they were supposed to stay for a week. They left after three days. Do you do you wake up one day and you just have to have your wisdom teeth taken out? It seems like it's a... I've never had my wisdom teeth taken out. You have. Yeah, I just had it, actually, um, this winter. And it was kind of a sudden eruption. Like, it hurt really bad and came through. But I suffered for, like, three weeks before I got them taken out. And I know you would not leave Hawaii because of your wisdom teeth. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have. (laughs) No. I still went to work and everything. Pop some drugs. Move on. You know, next year, or uh, 2020, is the CBA is going to be ended The collective bargaining agreement between the NFL Players Association and the NFL owners, it lasts up until 2019. So next year, no, after 2020. 2020 is the last year. Okay. The Players Union and the representatives of the NFL met Tuesday for initial talks regarding a new labor agreement. Oh, interesting. Yeah, back in 2011, they had a four-month lockout with the players. Right, I remember that. And I remember back in the 80s when they had the big lockout and they brought in all the scrubs. And they played, I think it was the full season with replacement players. It was a long, it, oh, gosh, I want to say it was a full season, but it was a long time. Fact it, check. Yeah. And it's a, it's a mess. But, I, I, you know, I'm really up in the air with all this stuff because I think the CBA is way too tilted towards the players right now. They took all the power away from the coaches. You know, the players hardly ever practice. You know, they don't, they don't get contact. I mean, contact you should look practice. at all the rules from these volu- these workouts that we're in the middle of now. Like, the, the rules are crazy. Like, they get... Two hours of strength and conditioning, and then they get to pick two hours of some whatever else they want to do. And yes, you know, no pads. The coaches can't be on the field except for the strength and conditioning coaches. None of the other coaches can be out there. One thing I did like about the CBA, the last one that was done in 2011, was they readjusted the contracts for rookies because it used to be crazy. I mean, these guys, if you got picked in the top. 
10, you were getting, you know, the huge contracts to start. You never played like right off the bat. Right. That was just insanity. And it would destroy teams for a year, for decades. If they picked somebody, number one, two, three, or something like that, they're having to pay them a hundred million dollars and then they suck. So you're in calorie hat, salary cap hell, you know, for five years, you've lost your, it's just, it was a mess. I really like that part of the CBA, but here's one thing about it. And I'm, I'd really like to do some research into it. I feel that rookies now get hurt a lot more in the first two, three years where they sit out a lot more. And I wonder if it's because they're trying to save their body for the contract year so they can get that big contract. Maybe, but I think we're also dealing with a totally different generation of players. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, culturally, it's just such a huge shift. It's like the generation after the millennials, they've been coddled. They have special rules made for, you know, it's just a totally different type of player. Yeah, it's fascinating. Molly watched... North Dallas 40 with me years ago. I wanted to show her what football used to be like, just how totally different it was. I mean, it was kind of like, you look at musicians nowadays, it's not that rock and roll party lifestyle that it used to be. Now, they're really business-oriented. Yeah. You know, bands and stuff like that. It's their brand. Yes. Promoting an image. Yes. And But back in the days, you know, they were crazy. They'd tear up hotel rooms. You know, they'd slept with, with groupies. And, you know, they were We always- just watched the dirt. Yeah. About Motley Crue. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get a sense of how crazy it was back then. And football was no different. I mean, those guys were absolutely insane. And now you look at football players, and they're kind of like musicians. They're worried about their brand. You know, they they, they have to keep this image of clean-cut, family-oriented. Well, look at even the most fringe, like, craziest ones out there. You've got Josh Gordon, who's just a pothead. You've got Adrian Peterson, who's beating his child. You've got... Uh, Kareem Hunt, who kicked a woman, you know, you have, I mean, the worst of them, the craziest, it's just, it's not like partying or having fun or living life. It's being jerks to people. Yes. It's really a huge culture shift that's happened over the years. I don't know if it's good or bad, whatever. I mean, the product on the field is, I don't know. I think it could be, I'd like to see more hard hitting, more physicality with football. That's what I grew up with. I like that. I think it's a, I believe in. You know, men should be macho and strong and tough. And I think football is a something that boys look up to. And men, you know, you, you idolize these guys and you try to emulate them. So I like more of a rough and tumble macho thing. But, you know, I mean, the product's still good. It's still making money. People are still watching it. It's entertaining sometimes. Yeah, but the, the characters and the personalities are not. Like, like we've talked about a lot. The press conferences are boring. The, you know, they've all got social media. They're all on Twitter and stuff like that, but they never really say anything. They're promoting their brand. Yeah. And their their clothing lines and their all that. And every now and then they'll have a, a little tit for tat with another player, but nothing. Oh, we got to talk about that. What? Um, Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown. You were week. telling me about that. This is awesome. Go ahead. What we okay. Got? So someone tweeted at Antonio Brown <clears throat> a picture of Juju having been voted like, I don't remember what the award was, top receiver on the Steelers by the team or something like that. And Antonio Brown responded and said that Juju had fumbled his way through the playoffs. Super cruel. I mean, just mean. And that was an ex-player. An ex-player. They used to play together. Yeah, it was the number one and number two. They were in the same meeting rooms multiple hours a week. All the time. And Antonio Brown sounds like a jerk. He does. Oh, oh, it gets worse, too. So Juju is just like, you know, I've never had nothing but respect for Antonio. I don't know why he's going to do me like this. Antonio then tweets 
a screenshot of a DM that Juju sent him when Juju was still in college. And he said, hey, Antonio, I really like what you're doing. I really respect you as a player. Do you have any advice for me as an up-and-comer? Wait, Antonio Brown tweeted that out? Yes. Like, I don't know if he's trying to make Juju look bad or make himself look worse, because that's all it did. (laughs) Everybody's like, and there's a hashtag Team Juju. Oh, my God. I don't know if anyone was on Team AB. I don't think you could be. Man, Gruden's got his hands full. Oh, it was awful. It was so... It was just mean and hateful. But see, I love stuff like that. Uh, I I wish there was more of it. Well, somebody tweeted a screenshot of Antonio Brown. They were Steelers were playing against the Bengals. And a linebacker cheap-shotted AB. Was it Levante David? No, it was Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Although, AB still has nightmares about Levante. That's right. That's right. So the Bengals linebacker cheap shot at AB. Then a couple plays, I don't know how many plays later, but they show us it's the same GIF and it's Juju decleated that linebacker. Wow. Like came out of nowhere, cheap shot at him right back. That was a blindside block that probably <laughs> should have been called. <laughs> Took him off his feet and then stood over him. So he's avenging Antonio. Wow. Yeah. Well, his you, teammate, and then Antonio's going to go blast him on Twitter. You know, in that book, we'll, we'll cover this when we cover the book, uh, Bruce Arians talks quite a bit about Ben Roethlisberger. And it sounds like Ben Roethlisberger does have personal problems. You know, he's got he's got problems with the locker room. He, even back when he was, when Bruce Arians was there, when he was a rookie. But, and, and I attributed a lot of this Pittsburgh implosion to Ben Roethlisberger. A lot of people have been saying that. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger does seem to have quite the attitude. But, man, I'll tell you what, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown have shown themselves to be complete jerks. Yeah. Especially this. when you told me about that, I didn't know about the uh, the response that Antonio Brown did to him, but I was like, whoa, man, what an asshole. It was just totally unnecessary. Unnecessary. Like, all you say to that is, you know, Juju deserved it, or congratulations to him, or I wish him nothing but the best. i tell you what, that Gruden is just, uh, I don't think he knows what he's got his... What he's got in his uh, future. That's that. It's going to be a mess over there in Oakland. Especially Gruden is so strong-willed. And then you get this receiver yeah. who admittedly is one of the best in the league. But he's got the ego. Yeah. Well, with Gruden and Keyshawn Johnson, they, they couldn't reconcile. And Gruden had to kick Keyshawn off the team in the middle of the season. So I, I can't see this going good for anybody. Antonio Brown, I can't see him lasting there. Do you think somebody else picks him up? Oh, there's always some <laughs> stupid team. The, the Patriots. Oh, well, you know, while you're sitting around, <laughs> it probably will be the Patriots to pick him up and help straighten him out. Although they didn't straighten Josh Gordon out, though. Shame. Back to the Buccaneers. I, we had talked about the Buccaneers signing in a referee, an ex-official, to help with the knowledge interpretation of rules and aid in replay challenge situations. Well, they finally officially signed Larry Rose. Long-time ex-official. He was a sideline judge. He did Super Bowls. So it's going to be very helpful, hopefully, especially with all these new rules coming up. I wonder if he's going to be in the booth or on the sideline. I would think in the booth. That would make more sense. Yeah. I think so. Give him a headset in the booth so he can watch the replays, too. Can you watch the replays up there? I imagine you can. You can at least have a TV going where you can watch the network replays. The broadcast version. Yeah. We brought in an AAF player this week, uh, tight end Nick Truesdale. Really? Yes. I had no idea about that. Yeah. 
We also brought in, or we signed a first-year safety, Orion Stewart from the AAF. Huh. So he was a first-year safety. He he went to training camp with the New York Giants last summer, but he didn't make the team. Okay. So straight out of college, probably. Yes. Gotcha. And then he signed with the AAF. We're stacking up on safeties. I wonder what that's all about. We don't have a lot of depth there, do we? We We do now. We got like six safeties. Okay. That's good. Some good rotational guys. Yeah, who who makes the team, different story, but Right. Right. Yeah, we got Catrell Bryce, who we signed from Green Bay. Okay. Jordan Whitehead, Isaiah Johnson, Justin Evans, and Orion Stewart. So we have five safeties now. Okay. I like all of them. Oh, and MJ Stewart. He's getting transferred. They said they were going to move him from cornerback to safety. Okay. And then we also have Daywan Buchanan, our money backer, who plays a hybrid safety linebacker position like Mark Barron does in or did in Rams. Interesting. So technically we have like six safeties. Okay. I don't mind that. I like that. I love safeties. That's what I played <laughs> in high school. Oh, really? Yeah, those are the guys that like to hit. They like to get the full on launching feet, lay you out, decleat you. And you... When you have more players back there, you've got more options. Like, Bruce Arians likes to play to the skills of his players. Right. So if you've got more guys back there, yeah, I just think you got a lot of options. It's exciting, man. I tell you what, I'm so excited, especially after reading this book. It was a really good idea. Oh, man, I was so excited yeah. about it. Maybe, maybe Monday's podcast, we can finish it, yeah, yeah. the book over the weekend, and then talk about it on Monday. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Bruce Arians is just going to launch us in the stratosphere. We, we are, it's going to be so exciting. One, it's going to be extremely exciting to watch, but we are going to put up some points and we're going we're going to win. I'm predicting 11 games. Yeah, I'd say 10 minimum. Minimum 10, yeah. Because you got to figure Carolina's limping. You know, Carolina's really Oh yeah, and he can figure them out. I mean, Riverboat Ron, he it's pretty good at innovating, but they're just so crippled. Their whole team, their yeah. coaching staff, they've had a lot of turnover on. Cam Newton, there's a question mark there, how his health is going to be. And they're just kind of a, not a one-trick pony, but they definitely have an identity as a they're, team. They're one-dimensional. Exactly, yes. exactly. Like, their receivers, you're like, yeah, ain't worried about none of them. No. Maybe McCaffrey, but again, he's a running back, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Greg Olson. Yeah, and, and Atlanta seems to be on a downward trend. New Orleans is still pretty pretty scary. Yeah. They're at the, I think they're actually getting better. How that's possible, it's crazy. Ugh, so really, I think our only competition in the league is going to be New Orleans, or in the division is going to be New Orleans. Yeah, so we're playing the AFC South. We're playing the Texans. You know, they're while well, they're a decent team, they're not that spectacular. We are playing Jacksonville, who they're limping. I mean, Leonard Fournette was their biggest player, basically, and he just got arrested today so, for for not paying a traffic ticket. It was so dumb. Well, he had a suspended license. Well, it automatically it automatically suspends your license if you don't pay the traffic oh. ticket. Yeah, and he hadn't paid it since like November or something. It's a stupid, stupid law, and it's dumb that he's even being thrown in jail. But he, he said they seem to be having problems with him in Jacksonville. Other than that, but we're we're playing Tennessee. They're crap, right? And Indianapolis, which. Different story. Indianapolis is a tough team. Right, but Bruce Arians knows Andrew Luck. Uh, good point. Yeah. So, And then we're playing the NFC West with the Seahawks, who are on their downslide. They've been trying to hang on for years, and I think they're only hanging on because of the rest of the division can't quite keep up. Yes. The Rams, they're going to be hard, I think. But well, they, I don't know. There's Super a Super Bowl, Bowl hangover. hangover. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And we play the Giants this year, too. They suck. <laughs> Not worried about them. Yeah, not worried about them at all. I don't, I don't know what their GM's thinking. He's just, 
The 49ers. And the Cardinals. They suck. 49ers. I kind of worry about the 49ers. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that much rebuilding in a year. Yeah, but they're going to be a tough team. John Lynch is going to make a tough team. They're going to fight. Maybe, but he's not coaching the team. He's putting it together. You got Kyle Shanahan there. I don't know. I'm not sold on that one. Well, I think I think on our schedule, the 49ers are going to be tough. Saints are going to be tough. Uh, Texans might give us a run for our money. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis will be tough. But like you pointed out, Arians knows luck. So hopefully he'll be able to. And the Rams are going to be tough. Other than that, I mean, that's only that's only five teams right there. That's six games because we, you know, we played the Saints twice. Right. You know, so we're looking at 10 wins minimum. That's if we lose to all of those all those teams, which we're not going to do. So I, I think I'm really excited about this season coming up, man. I think we are just going to be awesome. I mean, we had a great offense last year. We've had a great offense the past few years. Last year, it was really good. I was excited about it. I think this year our defense is going to be incredibly good. We are going to be attack, 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 attack. We're designing this defense to do nothing but attack. We're not going to be reactionary. We're not going to bend and break. Or Ben, don't break. We've got some really aggressive players yes. on defense, too. we got Very. JPP, Carl Nassib, Vita, yes. Levante David. I just feel like they're just going to be unleashed almost. Yes. And that, that Shaquille Barrett, he looks like he's Ooh, going I to like be. Oh, I like him. Yes. And uh, Dayon, the moneybacker. You know, very, very solid players. And I, I just think we're, we're going to be – and plus our draft pick, you know, whoever it's going to be, is most likely a defensive person. And I like our secondary, our cornerbacks. I like them. When they played after Mike Smith left and they were kind of unleashed a little bit at the last half last year, they did great. You know, they did really good. They did not do bad at all. There was hardly – there were very few plays I watched where I went. They screwed up. You know, so I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm a Buccaneers cheerleader. That's that's why I like the cheerleaders so much, because I just want to be one. I was wondering if you were going to bring them up. <laughs> Every podcast. <laughs> Every chance I get. Do you have a favorite cheerleader? You need, like, all their... Do they do they make, like, cards? Like, baseball cards for oh the cheerleaders? Gosh. Do they? They need to. Yes, they do. <laughs> I know what you're getting for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, my favorite cheerleader was Darcy. She's been my favorite cheerleader for the past couple years. She's not on the team this year. She moved to uh, Spain, I think. I have never heard about this Darcy character. I keep it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like the cheerleader's calendar? You're right. I do. What? Come on now. Now you know what to get me for gifts. Gifts. Father's Day. The children. They look at you. <laughs> A Buccaneers cheerleader calendar. That'd be awesome. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us. We are going to have our, hopefully have our book review our podcast whisperer podcast out on Monday. <laughs> the Buccaneers Observer Book Club. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for that. There's a lot, a lot, I mean, a lot of really good information that applies to the Buccaneers because that's what we're doing. We're reading this and we're reading it, looking to see how he's working the Buccaneers now and how he's going to work the Buccaneers in the future. And while you're bullshitting around, he is focused almost completely on quarterbacks. That is his thing. So Jameis Winston is either going to be a superstar this season or this is the last year we're going to have him on the team. I mean, he those can both be true. He can be a superstar this year and we lose <laughs> him next year because he moves on to bigger and better things. Uh, we've got him. We'll, we'll wrap him up. So we'll see you Monday. And until then, go Bucks.